solo Beatles video cast and uh, I think it's safe to say this is the episode that uh, I think many people have been waiting for. Uh, you, many of you have requested it uh, and uh, well it's finally here. It's uh, <laughs> it's uh, you know many times we have done a kind of a, a, you know, a semi-regular series here called Another Listen where we take another look at an album that uh, maybe didn't do as well with the critics, didn't uh, sell as well uh, as some other albums. And tonight we are looking at, drum roll please, Driving Rain. We have been, yeah, yep, we, <laughs> you know, we have promised this for a long time. <laughs> and tonight tonight is the night folks we are finally going to do it so uh, so glad you could join all of us we of course want to know what you guys think <laughs> uh we have not shared with each other what our opinions are if they've changed or not so we are all going to find out tonight so it is going to be a great night a beautiful night Beautiful oh, yeah. night. Every yes, day. yes. In, in, every <laughs> night is with us. Right. Every night. That's right. Exactly. So uh, so glad you could all be with us. We have got a lot to get to tonight. We've got a lot of news, too. So uh, so without further ado, let's uh, let's start the show uh, beforehand. Of course, as always, let's introduce ourselves. My name is Kid O'Toole. I'm the author of Songs We Were Singing, Guided Tours of the Beatles' Lesser-Known Tracks, Michael Jackson FAQ, All That's Left to Know About the King of Pop, and I co-edited with our good friend uh, Ken Womack, Beatle, uh, Fandom and the Beatles, the act you've known for all these years. And now let me introduce my good friends that I love spending every other Monday with. He is the uh, co-host of the popular Paul McCartney-centric video cast and podcast, Two Legs. And uh, in fact, we just found out today that he and his co-host, Andy Nichols, are also Star Wars geeks. So uh, you can head over <laughs> to their channel if you are into Star yeah. Wars. Uh-oh, and into Star Wars. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and check that out as well. They are multifaceted. So uh, say hello to John. Uh, John, oh my God. <laughs> hey, it's live. Yeah, that's right. It's it's live. 
<laughs> See, this is how much I, my brain is just filled with these tracks from driving rain. My, my brain <laughs> is just exploding. Tom right. and Yachty. Hello, Tom. Hello, Kit. Uh, Joe, Ken. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. Believe me. I, you know, to my mom, I'm 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 Nick Tom. You know, because my brother's Nick. You know, so. Ah. <laughs> but anyways, it's good to be here, and I'm glad I don't have to walk that lonely road uh, with this show, and uh, we get to <laughs> we get to do this one together. So. Uh, I got some uh, few lines to say. Oh, but, excellent. But Kit, keep going. Don't give up talking just yet. Ah. Yappity yap. All right. Yeah. So next. <laughs> he, Don't next be such a he dicky is... bird, will you? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next, he is the host of the popular YouTube channel, Mean Mr. Mayo. And of course, we all know he is just a big teddy bear. He's a great guy. And, uh, and of course, his channel is full of comedy, collecting. Uh, also, the uh, the great show Fab Gab, where they uh, rank tracks and many other things. So say hello to Joe Mayo. Hello, Joe. Hello, kid. I, 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 I got to say, I, I have never been looking forward to a show on Talk More Talk more than this one. I have to, for some reason, I'm really excited and ready to go. And hello, Tom. Hello, Ken. Let's let's get going. All right. <laughs> One, two, this. three, four, five. <laughs> I think I'd give it up. Yeah. Talk. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and believe me, guys, we're sober. I swear yeah. to God, we're all sober. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it got to be a little, a little tipsy anything. to listen to this record, but. <laughs> All right. And last but definitely not least, he is a fixture of the Beatles community. He hosts so many shows that I don't know how he sleeps. Um, <laughs> he is the um, the co-host of Things We Said Today. As I say many times, if uh, you know you doubt its popularity, ask Peter Jackson. Um, he also hosts the nationally syndicated show, Every Little Thing, where he plays just that, Every Little Thing from the Beatles and solo years. Uh, and if that isn't enough, in addition to hosting this show, he hosts on YouTube, Ken Michaels Radio, where uh, he interviews everybody from authors to podcasters to musicians you name it, you never know who's going to pop up. So that's four shows, folks. So say hello to Ken Michaels. Hello, Ken. Hi, Ken. And if you include my website, that means it's, it's one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> so let's go for a drive. Yeah. Uh, it to you, you always outdo yourself with the backdrops here. Yeah. <laughs> I just no, couldn't do terrific. that. Couldn't do the front one with him sitting on the toilet. I just couldn't. Yeah, couldn't, just... couldn't do it. So had to do the back. You know, yeah. it's, it's it's a little more, a little more PG. I, I think right. so. You know, so so as you can tell, we're all pretty excited about tonight. We're all glad to have you here. But before we get to the main event, um, Ken, I have a feeling you've got some news for us tonight. <laughs> You know, a couple things happened in the last few weeks. But really, there is quite a lot to get to. I want to make sure the first thing I mentioned, because I know everybody's thinking about Paul right now. But um, the last time we talked about Ringo and his all-star band tour, 
we found out that Edgar Winter had COVID and then we learned that Steve Lukather had COVID. So Ringo had to postpone the 12 remaining dates for the first leg of his tour. And he announced he was gonna be uh, on his website giving you the new dates, which he now has. So if you go to ringostar.com, if you're wondering if those dates have been rescheduled, they all have been. And not only that, those dates are from September 5th to the 22nd. If you pay attention, his second leg starts September 23rd. So um, that leg ends on October the 20th, which means that for about seven weeks, Ringo will have 32 dates to perform. 32. <laughs> and he's wow. 82 years old, or will be very soon. Right. So that's quite a lot. Um, God bless him. You know, <laughs> apparently he's got all the energy as does his band. But uh, yeah, for those of you that don't know, check his website for the rescheduled dates. Where do you even start with Paul? I want to start with, um, first of all, the Glastonbury Festival, which was on Saturday. Before that, on Friday night, he actually played a warm-up show at the Cheese and Grain in Frome, Somerset. There were 25 songs in this set list, and in attendance were Olivia Harrison, actress Leslie Mann, pop star Olivia Rodrigo and ACDC's Brian Johnston. Every song in this show was a song he's been doing on his current tour with the one exception of From Me To You. Okay, and then as you know, he just played the Glastonbury Festival, same set list, but he had two special guests there to greet him on stage. One of which was Dave Grohl, who he's been friends with for quite a while. He came on stage and performed band on the run with him and I saw her standing there and then Bruce Springsteen who we saw at MetLife I'm sure you all know he performed on stage with Paul uh, did Glory Days and I Want to Be Your Man the same two songs he did at Glastonbury now all the reviews that I have seen about this show is hailing it like it is the greatest concert of all time and um, I know there are some clips you can find on YouTube I've only watched a few Mm -hmm. I'm hoping to see the whole thing. But if any of you guys have seen anything so far, if you want to comment about it. Um, magical. It really was. Um, I got sent a clip um, with the, the two David Grohl's uh, um, songs, the two Bruce Springsteen songs, and then closing out with Golden Slumbers. And then them all coming out for to to, to jam uh, on uh, you know the end and uh, was was absolutely amazing. Uh, I found myself you know getting teary eyed when he started Golden Slumbers, which I didn't think it would happen again. You know because it just happened to me you know a few weeks back in in SoFi, and and just if if this is it if this is it for him on his touring then he he absolutely went out on top. Um, and after seeing this, you know, I kind of hope he does tour a little bit more now, <laughs> but, mm -hmm. and I didn't think I would ever say something like that, you know, same here, but, Tom, same uh, here. Yeah, but, but he, he, if this is it, he absolutely went out on top and, you know, more power to him, man. He, he did it. He did it. He proved every, but he proved everyone wrong. Mm -hmm. Yes. I, I agree. Yeah, I've seen I haven't heard the whole show yet, but I saw uh, two clips of he and, and Dave Grohl doing Band on the Run um, and then uh, Paul doing the virtual duet with John on mm -hmm. I've Got a Feeling. And 
I mean, I don't know how it's possible that he sounded even better than he did the, 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 the tour here. I mean, it's, it's just uh, incredible. And then that wonderful clip that uh, his DJ, uh, Chris Holmes, uh, posted on Facebook of the crowd. I mean, just that incredible crowd all singing Hey Jude, you know, before Paul came out for the encore. Um, 80 years old, and he yeah. just, just commanded that crowd. Uh, and yeah. and all different ages, you know, as we talked about the last time, a multi-age crowd. Um, I mean, my hat's off to him. He's he he did it, as you said, Tom. He proved everybody wrong, and yeah, I hope he tours more. I mean, uh, he, he's, yeah, he's, I agree. I terrific. agree. It, it was a rousing success. Apparently, I have not seen or heard anything uh, of the actual performance, but. All I'm hearing is raves, and I'm thinking from what it sounds like, this might be releasable. You mm-hmm. know, I wonder if they would think of putting this out, if it's that good. Right. Yeah, yeah uh, I'm wondering that myself. You know, so much has happened since our last show, and Joe and I both got to see the MetLife concert. That's right. And um, I was on Joe's channel talking about it with him, and it was a tremendous show. There's no doubt about it. But, you know, there's one thing that nobody has really said about that show, and that is that Paul announced, he said, this is the last show of our U.S. tour. Hmm. Which made me think, oh, does he have more dates planned? Maybe in Europe or something like that? Maybe that slipped by people when he said that. But I'm wondering myself when he said that. And also, you know, we can rave about the performance. I mean, the band is, is killer. Um, hmm. I have said that Paul's voice sounds better. You know, it's not what it once was, but no. when you consider what he's going through, the fact that he can pull this off is such a miracle and that he has all the energy to be up there on stage for close to three hours. But one thing that nobody else has brought up also is when Bruce Springsteen got up there in good glory days, it never happens at a Paul McCartney concert mm-hmm. that another artist gets up there and does their own song. You know, it's always a Paul McCartney song. When Billy Joel joins Paul McCartney, they do I Saw Her Standing There. It's not a Billy Joel song. So it really surprised me. I thought it was great. Yeah, I did say I did say earlier today while we were live on Two Legs that, you know, it was cool to see them perform Glory Days, but I wish Paul would have had a verse. You know, mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, yeah. when someone's up there with with Paul doing a Beatles song, they right. each rotate right. verses, you know, so it'd been really cool if, if Paul got to do a verse. I really enjoyed seeing Bruce. I'm not I'm not a, a Bruce fan per se, although I do like about maybe about 10 songs I know that I really like. And Glory Days is one of them that I like a lot. So I, I was happy to see it, to see it uh, with Paul there as well. Yeah, it's such a great rocker. and It's such a crowd pleaser. And it's appropriate for that moment. You know, this is his glory, it's a glory time, you know, about mm-hmm. to hit 80. But um, yeah, and it was just very cool to see Paul sing along with Glory Days and play bass to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a rare thing when he plays along to someone else or for George. I'm talking about at his own concerts. That just doesn't happen. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So real high mm-hmm. moment for me, as was the whole show. Oh, so what must, have been, must have been magic. <laughs> oh man, you can't wait, can you? <laughs> hang on, Tom. Hang on. <laughs> okay, <laughs> John. Those raindrops from your head, there, Tom. 
<laughs> so uh, Paul, as we said, turned 80 on uh, June the 18th. And as you can imagine, a lot of people had some nice things to say online. So I thought I'd read a few of them. Ringo tweeted, they say it's your birthday Saturday. Happy birthday, Paul. Love you, man. Have a great day. Peace and love. Ringo and Barbara, love, love, peace and love. And Yoko said, dear Paul, happy 80th birthday and many, many more from a partner in peace. Mm. Love Yoko. Brian Wilson said, a friend like you, happy 80th <laughs> birthday to Paul McCartney. How nice. For those of you that don't know, yeah. Paul and Brian Wilson recorded a duet together on one of Brian's albums, Getting In Over My Head, called A Friend Like You. And uh, Stephen Kalinich, longtime friend of the Beach Boys, and Brian Wilson helped to co-write co that song. And uh, it's a nice duet, but it's nice that Brian referred to that. Uh, Giles Martin said, happy, happy birthday, Paul McCartney. You have been a mentor, guide, friend, collaborator, and a fine maker of fine bagels and tea. <laughs> <laughs> he makes bagels too. Is there anything this man can't do? <laughs> he says, I love you. For all my life, you've been nothing but kind and brilliant. Uh, Brian Ray said, happies of birthdays today to this gentle dude. Thank you for all you do. Um, Mark Lewison, I love what he said here. Hmm. He said, today's planet-wide birthday shouts for Paul McCartney are richly merited. What a magnificent life. What magnificent multiple lives. And there's plenty, mileage, plenty of mileage in the tank yet. Congrats, Sir Paul. Your 80 extraordinary years have excited and enhanced the best in all of us. Hmm. Very nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Julian Lennon made a video while he was at Abbey Road Studios wishing Paul a happy birthday, calling him Uncle Paul. <laughs> Eddie Harrison wished Paul a happy uh, 80th birthday. Sean Lennon posted a video hmm. of them performing here, there, and everywhere. A very nice job on that, which Beautiful. I posted on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Um, as a tribute to Paul and Elvis Costello as well posted yep. a video of him doing here, there and everywhere for Paul. Mike McCartney, Paul's brother, posted happy eight, 18th birthday. <laughs> he spelled that B-E-R-T-H-D-A-Y, R, the letter R, R kid. They always call him R kid in the family. Billy Joel said, happy birthday, Sir Paul McCartney. Carol King said, happy birthday, Paul McCartney. Welcome to the 80s. <laughs> um, in other news here, uh, on June the 17th, came the announcement of a new box set with all three of Paul McCartney's DIY albums, McCartney, McCartney 2, and McCartney 3, all packaged together, which will be available as a black vinyl release, also in colored vinyl and on CD. All three formats will include three special photo prints from Paul about each album. It also has newly created uh, a newly created box set cover art and typography for the slipcase provided by Ed Rusha. The box sets will be available on August 5th and you can pre-order them now. Again, for the collector, I imagine a few people here have already ordered it. Who's a few? <laughs> I have not. All right, one. Uh, one, one guaranteed one. Yeah. Yes, I did pre-order it, and I am not ashamed of it. Okay. That's good. fine. 
<laughs> You're wild. So on Paul's birthday, <laughs> for record release day, came the limited edition 12 inch for Paul's song from McCartney 3, Women and Wives. Side A has Paul's version. Side B is the one from St. Vincent from the McCartney 3 Imagine release. Only 3,000 copies will be available worldwide. From the always excellent Facebook page, The Beatles in Print, Together and Solo, we learn of a new book coming out in September in the UK, next February in the US, called Love and Let Die. The Beatles, James Bond, and the British Psyche by John Higgs, described as a deep dive into the unique connections between the two titans of the British cultural psyche, the Beatles and the Bond films, and what they tell us about class, sexuality, and our aspirations over 60 dramatic years. Hmm. I'm actually kind of interested in that. Yeah. You know, I'm, I am somewhat of a Bond fan and, uh, you know, obviously a Beatle fan, and I'd like to, uh, I think I might check that out. It'll be interesting I'm to see a, how they link the two together. Yeah, yeah. a Bond right. fan up until uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, but that's got nothing to do with it. I mean, but uh, I mean, it's still. I, I, I mean, it's. Throw, I wanted to I throw it in, but I have no interest <laughs> in the movie. <laughs> All right. Also, from the Beatles and Print together and solo Facebook page, we learn of a new album. This is kind of interesting. That's just been released by. The Vague Ideas. It's called The John Lennon Letters. Originally planned as a stage play by writer and musician Mayor Rozelle, New York Letters is based on fictional letters either written or received by John Lennon the last nine years of his life. So there are 12 songs on the album. And to give you an idea, each song represents a letter that John wrote to someone or he received. So there's a song, the opening track, NYC, is a letter he wrote to his mother, Julia. And then there are songs based on letters that John wrote to Yoko, May Pang, Julian, Aunt Mimi, Sean, Tricky Dicky. There's a song <laughs> called Nixon's Listening. And there's a song to Paul. That song, the one to Paul, is called No More Crying. And it's a message song, sort of in response to Paul's here today. And there's a song based on an imaginary letter that Paul wrote to John, Something Will Happen. Now, this has been released in the UK so far, and you can purchase it on Amazon. Interesting concept. Just like Paul wrote here today as an imaginary letter, here's a whole album of something similar to that. Okay, a few more items left. There's a brand new John Lennon art exhibit that's been brought to the actual Strawberry Field. That's the Salvation Army's Strawberry Field. It's by renowned pop artist James Wilkinson. It's called Lennon Wired, and it showcases 11 works of art. Each piece has been created using the microphone leads John used to record Imagine <laughs> in 1971. These artworks are for sale, with at least 10% of the purchase price being donated to the Salvation Army to support the Strawberry Field Steps to Work program. It'll be on display at Strawberry Field until the end of October. Free entry and no booking is necessary. Uh, Peter Asher just finished up four concerts. He was supposed to tour with Jeremy Clyde of Chad and Jeremy fame, but like so many people, Jeremy got COVID. So those four dates had to be just Peter Asher alone and I got to see the last of those shows. He's tremendous, you know, 
mixing in all the songs, the Peter and Gordon songs, going through his whole career as a producer, explaining everything, lots of Beatles stories in there. And um, Peter will be producing a new album for Susanna Haas. Oh, wow. She'll be really? In the fall. Yep. Hmm. So Peter is still keeping active as a producer. Julian Lennon announced on his website that you can now pre-order his forthcoming album, Jude, with no information on its release date, but the album will contain 11 new songs from him, including the two that were released already, Every Little Moment and Freedom. And there are two new videos available to watch right now on YouTube for the songs Breathe and Save Me. Billy J. Kramer will be giving a concert at Daryl's house in Pauling, New York. The date for that is August 6th. Good to see him keeping active. And uh, Bob Berger from The Weaklings will have his new CD out. I know I have it here somewhere. <laughs> I will find it. Here it is. It's called The Domino Effect. And uh, it's 11 new songs from Bob. It's a really great um, power pop, well-constructed melodic so uh, songs. You can pre-order the CD, also available on MP3 uh, on Amazon. And I'm actually giving away copies of Bob's new CD on my website at kenmichaelsradio.com. And I just interviewed him and uh, that's on my YouTube channel, Ken Michaels Radio. And since we said happy 80th birthday to Paul McCartney, let's not forget, we can list so many names. The last half of June, I don't know what it is in the rock field. Yeah. So many names yeah. of somebody else, celebrating yeah. a birthday. <laughs> but we have to say happy 80th also to Brian Wilson. Uh, mm -hmm. June the twentieth. All right. Happy birthday, Ralph. Drink gonna be no party. Gee, <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what that's from. I don't. I can't imagine. <laughs> can't imagine. If there was a oh. party upstairs. Why would I be down here dancing with you? <laughs> oh God! All right, I better put a stop. stop. Let's stop. Let's yeah, stop. <laughs> put a stop to this before it gets too far. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Ken, for all the news and uh, and yeah, always always a lot happening in between our shows. It, it seems. And uh, and before we we start uh, with our main topic, I just want to give a, a quick shout out. I saw in the comments. Um, I mentioned when I gave that report about the Orlando show that I uh, sat next to a gentleman who uh, that I'd never met before, but uh, he was the one who actually sold me the ticket uh, that uh, that I, I bought that, uh, you know, with such a great seat and everything. We had such a great time at the show. He's in the comments. So hi, Scott great to hey, see you hi. he was he was so much fun and uh we just had we just made the concert even better so great to see you scott um Excellent. yeah he was and a huge huge fan of not only paul but all the solo years so i told him about our show so i'm glad you're tuning in so so i hope this is the first of many shows that you'll see <laughs> all right and and you picked a good one uh scott to uh, tune into <laughs> to start because this is this is your this initiation is, yeah, this is your initiation. Um, get because, ready. Here it get comes. ready because uh, at long last, another listen, Driving Rain. So uh, get ready to share your thoughts on this album. So a uh, brief background before uh, we get started. Um, as you know, the uh, album before this, 
was Run Devil Run, which was recorded in about five days, I believe, um, in early March 1999. And Paul liked that uh, pr approach so much, you know, doing it that quickly, that for his follow-up, uh, Driving Rain, that was recorded in about two weeks in February uh, 2001, or at least starting there, with producer, and I hope I'm pronouncing his last name correctly, David Kane. Is that... Uh, I'm sorry? Kahn? Is it Kahn? Okay, thank you. I wasn't sure which one it was. So David Kahn. Um, Think uh, Star Trek Part 2. Ah, okay. oh, Rathacon. all right, there you Hold go. Hold all right, that'll make me remember it. And I uh, never had worked with him before, um, but uh, but he had worked with, uh, you know, number of artists, uh, young, and, and I found out even had worked with Tony Bennett on uh, his Unplugged um, album, which mm, was ooh. interesting. Uh, so he had worked with a you know, wide variety of artists. Uh, this is also a notable album, as we all know, because this was the first album uh, that he worked with. Uh, well, first of all, the first one, first album with original material without Linda. Um, mm -hmm. Also, the first one that he worked with with uh, Abe and uh and rusty i don't know if brian ray uh, i was yet. looking at the credit no. not yet yeah so uh but this was the beginning of what would be a long uh relationship obviously with abe and rusty so uh and uh and of course as we all know this is kind of informally known as the heather album uh many of the songs uh, you can definitely tell from the lyrics were inspired by his then new relationship with Heather Mills. So, uh, you know, it was uh, released and it was interesting that critically, it actually did get some good reviews um, at, at the time. Yeah. Um, in uh, Rolling Stone, it got four out of five stars. Four out of five. Yeah. Wow. From Rolling uh, from, Stone. Yep. Yep. From Greg Cott, who's a Chicago, uh, Chicago critic. Um, but commercially didn't do so well uh as as we all know it was one of his you know poor selling albums um and uh so you know and uh, and of course it, later on uh it, it would be uh he did add freedom to it i should add that uh that originally you know came out and then he stopped it to then add after 9 11 right. add his anthem freedom so um you don't really hear him do any songs from Driving Rain these days. Uh, you know, I mean, I think one of the tours I heard him do Freedom. I don't, well, maybe he did From a Lover to a Friend. He may have done like one or two songs in his. Uh, well, he did the song Driving Rain. Yeah. The Driving Rain tour. Yeah. He did Lonely Road. Yeah. Yep. yep. He did do Lonely Road. So he did do a few, but then, of You're course. Yeah, I think he did do oh, Your Loving you. Flame. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but you know, after that, it kind of faded away. So this has become one of his more controversial albums, shall we say. Uh, and, you know, fans either love it or hate it. And so we thought this is a good, uh, good candidate for another listen. So uh, we and as I mentioned, we want to know what you guys think as well. So please. Uh, Play along in the comments. Let us know what you think. So let's start out, as we always do, with first impressions. So this comes out in 2001. You get your copy. 
Uh, Tom, let's start with you since you are the McCartney. Uh, don't the, say that. Don't, don't. The McCartney, you know, <laughs> expert. You know, I don't know. No, 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 no. No, you are. You're fan, like, you know, fan. Can, can, can. <laughs> don't fan, whatever. consider myself. Listen. I, what did you think? I, I played this. I got the cassette, not this cassette, but I, I played it nonstop. It, it was in it was in my vehicle nonstop. And who I didn't care who was in the vehicle with me. I, the, the album played nonstop. And if they didn't like it, they, they got out of the car. I didn't care. Um, but <laughs> no, but but listen, but for Good like thing a I wasn't riding so, with you. Yeah, yeah, I, right. <laughs> But I, I really, I, I was really excited about this album. It had been what five years since, from, since uh, Flaming Pie, since New Material. I was excited because one, as as much as I love uh, Paul, I, I've I've never been the biggest fan of of fifties and early sixties rock and roll. Okay, so I did enjoy, you know, although I did enjoy Run Double Run, I I still to this day really don't love it because again, I mean just just those songs, I just they just for whatever reason not all of them do it do it for me so i mean yes this song i mean this album was really really uh excited for played it nonstop, and and i did enjoy it for the most part it's it's i thought there was some 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 good really good stuff on here i thought however i did think there was some mediocre stuff on here too and we'll get on we'll get into uh, to that later on but yeah i mean but I, I think i played it a lot though because i think at the time i was just so excited about it that maybe my excitement you know you know put it on a higher pedestal than maybe it should have been <laughs> um but again i still i still you know like a, quite a few tunes on this on this uh album but uh but it's uh, my first impression was it was uh it was a, it was a good uh, good album, and and that's an interesting point about first you know that that your your expectations may have been mm -hmm. higher because yeah sometimes that happens where you're you're so excited about a release and you think you know right. this is going to be incredible, mm -hmm. and then you hear it and it just doesn't you know and match like you said it was movie. yeah I mean I read some really good reviews before I bought mm -hmm. the album too you know so yeah I mean. It was ex ex expectations were high. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That's a very good point. So, um, uh, Joe, how about you? What uh, what were your first impressions? Well, sometimes when I hear Paul albums for the first time, even the best ones, uh, they have to grow on me a couple of times. Chaos and Creation later on had to grow on me uh, a few times, and then I wound up loving it and so on. Even Tug of War, I can remember the great Tug of War, having to give it a couple of listens for just to become familiar with it, to get the the earworms like you know penetrating me and start catching those. Anyway, when I first played uh, Driving Rain, I really hated the album. I I, I really. I'm not going to mince words. I hated it. I thought it was terrible. Uh, I couldn't, there was not one song, which was odd, that appealed to me. And how could that be? You know, not one. And then I played it a few more times, you know, over time. I, unlike other albums of Paul's, it never really <sighs> grabbed me. None of the songs. And I'm like, wow. So I kind of like, wound up leaving it alone after maybe i don't know four four listens because something's got to sink in at the time there was not one song i liked on it and um i remember thinking to myself this is the worst in my opinion solo beetle album of them all 
and that even includes Ringo. And I don't say that to bash Ringo because I love Ringo, but I say it to make a point. You know, I'm like, even Ringo's worst albums, I like one song, too, or whatever. You know, I could not, I didn't like, I thought From a Lover to a Friend was a terrible choice for a single. Mm. Uh, first single, that was dirgy, slow and ponderous. I thought it was, it, it was awful. And I, I, that's just where my head was at. And, uh, I, you know, I don't know, because of that, I never went back to it very much. Like occasionally, I, in the years after that, I'd pull it out, you know, give it another chance. As I always say, I feel like when it's something I'm invested in, like the, the solo Beatles, um, I owe it to myself to give it more listens and to try to really become more familiar with it. I would, wouldn't necessarily do that with just anybody. If you said, what did you think of the new, uh, I don't know, uh, Eric Clapton album, just off the top of my head. And, and if I heard it once or twice, I didn't like it. I don't have to go back to it. I don't feel like I owe that to, to him. So... Yeah, it was strange. And I just want to say, before I forget this, comments over the years that I've gotten, people have said, well, I, I, I think because it's Heather, that's why a lot of people don't like it. Because the Heather was, you know, the Heather album, as you said. But back at the time, there wasn't any of that animosity with Heather or anything. I didn't feel any of that. They weren't having any problems, Paul and Heather at the time. So that wasn't a factor at all for, for me. And I'll lastly say that, I, you know, I did indeed uh, call it Thriving Pain. It became a joke among my channel on YouTube because I just, throughout it, it just, it did nothing appeal to me. I thought, I, I found a couple other things I forgot. I, I thought the lyrics were lazy and weak in too many spots, uh, relying on a lot of oohs, which he's done before. That's part of his style. But if there was, but there was, but I love the rest of my love, so I could deal with the whoa, whoa, whoa parts. So. <laughs> I still think when, when he, <laughs> when he was, it seemed like when he was devoid of ideas or words, just throwing a couple of oohs in there or something like that. And I have nothing against love. Love is fantastic, but it sounded so many, so like so many worn out love cliches in this particular album for me at the time. And yeah, I just didn't want to go back to it. Yeah, very much. Yeah. And and that's a good point you made about about Heather, because, yeah, when this first came out, um, you know, I don't think there was the, you know, as much negative opinion about her as, you know, would surface later. So I think that's a that's a good point that, you know, that people who say, well, you just didn't like it you know, when it first came out because the songs were about Heather. I don't think probably that's true that. Yeah, in retrospect, know. a lot of people surmise that, you know. Right, I, exactly. But when it first came out, yeah, I, I think that's... Although I quickly, came, I quickly came not to like her. Yeah, Especially right. when there was a Barbara Walters interview. She was absolutely mm -hmm. ruthless. Yeah. Uh, I think saying the first, uh, maybe like the first year, if I'm not mistaken, spent with Paul was worse than when she lost her leg. I remember yeah. saying that on, yeah. on Barbara Walters, I think it was. And I was like, yeah. what? <laughs> yeah, but but yeah, so, but when this first came out, yeah, yeah I mean, we didn't know that, any yeah. of that yet. So I think that's a good point that, uh, you know, to make that, that, yeah, that, you know, just saying, oh, you just didn't like it because it was about Heather. Yeah, that's, you know, for first impressions. So that's, that's true. Ken, how about, uh, how about you going back uh, hmm. you know, a little over 20 years now? What, yeah. uh, what just did to, you think? Just to comment on the last point you had to make, I guess, a lot of the backlash against this album is due to the fact that the memories that people have of Heather with Paul are not pleasant at all. So, you know, they turn on the album 
for that reason. But um, I liked this album quite a bit when it first came out. You know, obviously some songs more than others. That's how every album is for me. Certain songs I like instantly, some take a while to grow on you. But I like this album a lot from the beginning because it sounded fresh. It sounded contemporary. Um, and I liked all the different sounds that I heard on it. It reminded me a little bit of Press to Play for that reason, some of the electronic sounds, um, the keyboard stuff that was being used on there. Gabe Dixon, by the way, was the keyboard player for you know most of the songs. We haven't yeah. mentioned his name because um, Wix was not back with Paul yet. Right. But um, no, I liked this album from the very beginning and um, you know, ever since then, I've loved it even more. I, I consider it one of his most underrated albums for many different reasons. But usually when it comes to Paul, I listen to his music first and foremost for the melodies, for the hooks, for the arrangements and lyrics matter, but they don't matter as much as everything else. But when Paul writes great lyrics to go with everything else, then it's an amazing song. But um, there's a lot of variety throughout this entire album. A lot of different styles that he approached. That's what Paul does on many of his albums. And that's what I admire a lot about him. And this album is no different in that regard. Um, it doesn't bother me. I, well, I didn't like, I understand what you're saying there, Joe. The one thing about From a Lover to a Friend that always kind of bothered me was all the la la la's in there as if you know, he couldn't come up with words at that moment. But yet that song is so, seductive for me because that chorus mm. once it's in your head that's it very simple chords simple chord progressions but it's such an amazing chorus um a great melodic line great melody throughout that song but you know this is what paul mccartney's albums are for me a lot of variety a lot of very catchy songs in most cases you know it would take four or five times before I like just about every song, but some I like from first listen. You know, I mean, Lonely Road grabbed me first time I heard it. Great rocker from the get go. But um, no, I like this album from the very beginning. Okay. Oh, can, can I just clarify one thing I was thinking as you were talking about the Heather comment that I made with the Barbara Walters? Mm. I, I want to say what the, the, the first year with Paul. I didn't mean that she was saying it was because of Paul. I think she was talking about like the craziness, the the the, the insanity, the, oh. you know, getting fa uh, fans and all the that kind of thing. Oh, gotcha. How hectic it was. It wasn't like me and Paul. You know, oh, it was terrible. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. I, I just wanted to clarify that. Sorry. No, that's good. To go oh no, no. Tangent. Oh no, that's that's no no. That's that's that's. For what I remember, in that closet back there with Ringo's face on it, I have a cassette tape, <laughs> and I remember write, writing it down on yeah on a few choice words on an index card. But <laughs> yep yep well uh yeah for me i i distinctly remember um uh our good friend al sussman uh gave me an like he had gotten an advanced copy i think from tom frangione it probably was mm -hmm. and i'm like oh please burn me a copy you know and he said you're not gonna like it <laughs> and i said oh come on 
it's Paul McCartney. And he said, okay, I get I'll do it, but you're not going to like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause obviously he didn't like it either. And so he sent it to me and um, yeah, I, I have to concur with you, Joe. It was the first Paul album I ever heard that I didn't connect to one song on it. I, I, I mean, I was shocked because I mean, even the albums um like um like sorry tom wildlife um you know like something like that where it's not it wasn't one of my favorites but there'd be something you know there'd be some songs on there that i would that i would still like you know there'd be some that i still some some gems on there some very gems something and, like and, magneto and titanium man yeah yeah sure and <laughs> yeah all right <laughs> Yeah, I have something to say about that later. Uh, But, um, (laughs) but, you know, but this was the first one that I can remember that I just, as I listened through it, I just thought, I I just am not connecting with anything. Um, You know, there's just nothing that grabbed me, nothing I found memorable. The lyrics, I I have to say, Joe, I kind of agree that just there was nothing memorable there. There was, you know, as you said, I mean, they sounded like drafts to me that that needed a lot more work um you know it just didn't sound like you know his typical uh you know kind of you know memorable lyrics um and and i was just stunned um and so you know i didn't listen to it i was saying saying to to these guys before we went on i mean i hadn't listened to this album in years uh for this show and i'm glad yeah, i did same, i'm glad we did same it. here yeah because time. you know and other albums of his i i do not do that with i mean i i right. you know, i may not listen to them all the time <sighs> but i i pull them out periodically yes. and this mm. is the only one that that i don't do that with um it just really i just did not connect with it at all but i'm glad we're doing this because i'm glad to get this out again and and say okay I'm giving it another shot. Let's let's see. And so we're we're going to see what happens. And uh, so before we get to particular songs, I just said, you know, this is the one album that sounded and, and actually, Ken, this is bouncing off something you're saying. You said this sounded, you know, it had variety and it sounded a little different. How do you think this sounds in comparison to other McCartney records? Did this sound different to you? Does this sound you know, like what you would say is a quotes classic McCartney sound. I mean, what? How would you compare it? It was a modern, a modern sound for the time. But even still, I know we always bring up that word "dated" or "of its time." I don't feel that way when I listen to to this album. I feel like it sounds like something that could have been produced today. But I think a lot of the sounds that came, especially from the keyboards and the drums, there's um. You know, there's there's um, electronic drums and all kinds of interesting sounds that you hear, whether it's on Tiny Bubble or Spinning on an Axis or songs like those that make it sound different. Um, a little bit compositionally, especially Spinning on an Axis, which is very different to me, but um, just a little bit more modern for that time. Just like um, Press to Play certainly sounds like you know, an album that came out in 1986, which to me, I could still listen to it and it sounds fresh to me, but I identify it as the sounds of that time. Um, but yet this album from 2001 sounds like it could have been made today for me anyway, in my ears. But, um, you know, there's also 
these different ways of recording albums where you know there are certain albums that Paul labors on so that every song is perfect. And there are songs like, or, or albums like Wildlife that he rushes through and he wants that feel. He wants that looseness, the spontaneity, this rawness and songs like Wildlife. And a lot of fans love that. I sense a lot of that same kind of an approach with Driving Rain. Mm. And he didn't try to have perfect recordings, but good enough recordings that sound spontaneous. Like if they were there in the studio right now, this is what it would sound like without trying to perfect it over and over and over again, but sounding good enough to release just the way it is. A lot of those songs kind of sound like they were done in a few takes, you know, and I like that vibe to it. Just like, like when he's polished. I like, I like the contrast when it comes to Paul. That's an interesting point, you know, that, that it's, you know, a bit like wildlife and that it, it is, you know, it, it is more, you know, a little more unpolished and, and a little more, mm. you know, because he did only record this in a couple of weeks. So, you know, it isn't quite as, as polished. So that's a, that's an interesting comparison. Yeah. And that's a, that's a very good. So mm. what, uh, Joe, what do you think? How would you, you know, compare this? Uh, uh, you know, that's a good point. Yeah. A little unpolished, but not so much a little, little unpolished than what we, we've been used to. Um, but I mean, wildlife, as you say, is unpolished. What I like about wildlife is that is that mm -hmm. I like that it's different, especially now, all these years later, it's, it stands out so much as a different, more raw, primitive kind of thing. I love listening to stuff like Mumbo, you know, uh, you know it's, that's just really a jam on the spot. And I, and I love it. Love that. Uh, or even bip bop and everything. I know I'm criticizing things about this album, but you know, those who can explain why something appeals to you or not, whether it's the melody or uh, a rock or whatever it is, uh, instruments, whatever. But yeah, um, it, yeah, it's definitely a little, a little different. I like what you said, Ken, about it not feeling dated. I mean, we'll get to about listening to it again uh, uh, this time. Uh, and no, it doesn't sound dated to me either, you know, you know, as, as we agree on Ken, not that that's a bad thing for, you know, you're listening to, I don't know, uh, a fifties song, as I always try to say, it sounds like it was recorded in the fifties. Well, duh, it was <laughs> same thing with press to play. Of course, it's going to sound like the eighties. It was made in the eighties, you know, mm -hmm. uh, I, and I say, does everything have to sound like it was made currently like 2022? I wouldn't want you know the 50s to sound like today's music to tell you the truth mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah. for example so yeah absolutely tom what uh what's your take well i yeah it that's another thing too is listening to this album and it does for me for my ears it does have a different feeling to it um it's it's not in my to my opinion not that happy-go-lucky type of McCartney album that we've got, you know, in the past. I mean, we're, we're dealing with a few years removed after Linda's death. And, and I think you feel that still on, on, on some of the tracks on the, on this record. I think it doesn't feel, it, I think it feels some of it, you know, like a, a bit downer, um, you know, even songs like, you know, from a lover to a friend and your loving flame kind of feel like downer songs even a song like magic which is should be like a happy song you know he's it, it doesn't feel like a happy song 
mm-hmm. you know, into my ears. You know what I mean? So, but there is some upbeat songs like, you know, like Driving Rain and, and I Do. I mean, there's some ha- positive songs in there, but again, it just doesn't have that, you know, positive vibe that you get so many from so many past McCartney records. And then, you know, it, it sounds a lot different because what, there's no Linda backing vocals. There's really no backing vocals, you know, on this album. So that, you know, it has, is a completely different, you know, thing that we're not used to hearing on a McCartney record as, as well. So, so yeah, I mean, yeah, I think it's a, a really different feel for this record. That's a, you know, I'm so glad you said it because every time I thought about this record, I always think of it as being kind of dark. I, mm-hmm. I, I really do. Even though, yeah, the, a lot of the lyrics yeah. in many ways are, you know, I mean, they're clearly influenced right. by Heather saying, you know, you saved me from, right. uh, you know, from a, being in a dark place and, you know, that kind of thing. But yeah, but, but yet they still sound overall kind of depressing in, in many ways it's it's weird um mm. and and you know and some of the songs are a little harder sounding i mean some of it i wondered if it was kind of uh, carrying over from run double run in terms of the harder guitar sound but right. uh but in other songs yeah i mean it's just i mean even something like um your loving flame or, or right. from a lover to a friend i mean it just has kind of i don't know a dirge kind of sound to it i don't know i just i i kind of a, a, agree with you i mean it just has a darker sound to me but and i hadn't even thought of the backing vocals that's right. a that is a good point even something right. like like your way you know is it, kind of doom 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 i mean it, it's it's still kind yeah. of like a positive type lyrics but yeah. musically i i don't think it reflects that you know Mm -hmm. exactly yeah that's 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 a good point so yep so it's uh yeah i guess it depends on on your your perspective on it so all right well enough of of depressing stuff so let's get to um songs you like on on the album um what are some songs that uh as you listen to it now uh that you think are are some standouts um so uh so joe why don't we start with you <laughs> okay there are oh, give us the big those. news i want the big news from joe first come on i want to hear this news. here we go what, what's, okay, what's, we go. what is this album called joe what is this album called <laughs> this album well I, well I was gonna say that save that to the end okay. this album is now okay. called driving rain i'm not going to refer to it ever again as thriving pain it's not all right rain. Good. And the reason I say that is because uh, it does it's not like continuous and ongoing. I, I, I like some songs on this album now. Uh, I listened to it about three times uh, getting ready for the, the, the show. And uh, during, actually, <laughs> during my morning walks uh, with the earbuds, which I don't usually do, but Sounded great to me, quality wise. I used to, you know, I'm always coming down. You got to listen to it on physical media. That's the way. But it sounded good. You know. Anyway, uh, well, can I tell you before I get to the songs, sort of what I liked? Uh, like I noticed right away. I think after all this time, I noticed the vocals by Paul are good. I think strong mm-hmm. vocals. So much time has passed now. You know, as much as I love McCartney three, love that album. You know, in Egypt Station, and before that, and his voice was kind of not what it was. When you contrast that now, I think he sounds very good going back to to 
driving rain. I almost, force I have it. I almost called it the other thing. So, <laughs> <laughs> for a joke. But anyway, and the instrumentation is great. The musicians, mm. I think it's a strong instrumentation on it. As for the individual uh, songs, uh, now I like Lonely Road as, mm. as a really good introduction track. A good uh, up-tempo, up you know, a midway kind of rocker. I think that's pretty strong. Happy opener. I was glad to hear that again after so long. You know, and now I'm happy to say after several minutes ago, I now liked From a Lover to a Friend. Hmm. Uh, you know, uh, I still think maybe it wasn't the best choice for single, but now I thought it was beautiful. Okay, after all this time. But it was kind of beautiful. Uh, yeah, okay, he has to rely on la la's or whatnot, but I did love the melody there, you know, that when he sings that, that main line, you know, mm-hmm. the song from Beloved to a Friend, take, take your own advice. I, I, I might have always liked that bit, I think, but I, for whatever reason, I did, the whole song never grabbed me. So I liked it. Uh, these are the ones that I, I'm going to tell you something I liked. Tiny Bubble, mm. uh, I enjoyed. Uh, channeling Don Ho, I had to, somebody had to say it, maybe, you know, <laughs> but... Uh, I especially like the part, you know, if you're a way he sings, if you're a part of my love, don't leave home tonight. That part I like the best. And uh, yeah, I I used to think it was a little twee, you know, that's very, very me, Paul says. (laughs) Twee, very me, very he. But I do like the the tiny bubble bit too now. So I kind of, I kind of enjoyed that. That's another winner for me right now. Uh, This is like three pages of notes. So (laughs) Uh, your way. Your way is, uh, I, I wrote down here, it rises above the cookie cutter and cliched words. I, I, you know, I think it's the lyrics are kind of generic again about love. You know, uh, I, he says stuff like, uh, I like it. Please don't take my heart away. It's happy where it is. So let it stay. Mm-hmm. You know, you gave me love. You gave me what I wanted. You gave me love your way. I think it's just a really nice tune. Diddy. I think it's a catchy ditty. And I enjoy that. Uh, the instrumental Heather, uh, I like that. I think it's the it, it, really instrumental. Mm-hmm. Uh, the end, he's, he has yeah. words at the end, at, right later on. Yeah, but uh, I remember catching that. Some of these songs I remember catching. I think Your Way was one of them. I was listening to a Beatles show, you know, years ago, and he always he plays solo stuff, and you. You know all the stuff, so nothing surprises you. But I remember hearing a tune and saying, "What the heck is that? I don't recognize that one. It must be from Driving Rain because I don't." Re- and it was your way. <laughs> and I remember thinking, "Oh, oh, that one—that's not bad." And I also heard Heather uh, uh, on Sirius XM Beatles channel once, and I said, "I don't recognize this either." I said, "Oh, that one was not bad." So it was getting better, you know. Uh, all the and time. <laughs> finally. Um, I'm I'm a fan of uh, well I've always kind of recent times like Rinse the Raindrops which may surprise people that I like it I just think you know it's crazy and chaotic uh, it goes on too long perhaps but then again that's something we haven't mentioned yet one of the crit- criticisms of the album a lot of people right. who don't like it say it goes on too long the album mm-hmm. I think but I like Rinse the Raindrops as a, a crazy let's let's go nuts kind of kind of track so that's so right now, that's, you know, that's something like, I don't know, five or six out of, of 16. Okay. Mm. 
So okay. it doesn't thrive the other way anymore. It's, I'm going to call it driving <laughs> rain. But uh, there's still a lot of tracks on there to, to go. So to, maybe to a dull lake. <laughs> no, 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 really, really. I would say, you know, I would say it if it's true, you know, for me. Yep, but uh, yep. I got to be honest, you know, um, uh, it, it's not a throwaway to me. I mean, I, I'll, I'll give you my final summation of it later. Yeah. You ask for it, where yep, it stands yep. and all that kind of thing. Absolutely. But I was very, very happy. I was happy to uh, feel good about a lot of, a lot of, well, not, you know what I mean, some of it. Yeah. I felt better than I had. Yep. Interesting. All right. Well, we'll find out later what your final your final judgment is on it. All right, Tom, how about you? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I totally agree with Joe on on the first single. Um, yeah, I don't think from a lover to a friend was was the best choice. Uh, or your lover or was it your loving flame, wasn't it? Um, but no, either way, yeah, you're to a friend. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but uh Lonely Road, I think to me was um a good uh choice for uh, an opening song and then i think it would have made a, a good you know first single um you know i i think it's a relatable song um to a lot of people who have maybe lost somebody um you know in especially in, in paul's age range you know at the time you know and even now i mean you know so i thought that was uh, that was a, a brilliant uh, opening track uh, i <laughs> I'm, I, I know I'm in the minority with saying that I'm one of the few people that love the track she's given up talking. I just think it's, I just think it's, it's great and it's different. It's, it's, it's not the usual McCartney kind of tune, you know, and, uh, you know, I love the yappa, yap, yap. I'll take that all day long. I'm going to interject here because it works. Yeah. It works here. Go ahead. I'm going to say, I, you know, yeah. I, I like the, I like what he was going for with the sound of that, mm -hmm. it, you know, oh, that yeah. song. But the reason I didn't put it in one of my favorite, I know, I, look, I hate throwing a whole song out because of one line or one word, but that that right. Dicky Bird thing really rubs me the wrong yeah. way. <laughs> and the yappy yap yap thing. Bird, and also, yeah. What, what is it like? Water bird. from a tap yeah. or something? Yeah, like that? Well, when she yeah. comes home, it's a yappy yap yap. Words are running freely like a water from a tap, and I think that's great. I mean, it's not your basic McCartney rhyme, <laughs> you know. It's yeah. it's actually I think it's a thoughtful uh, uh, line there. Um, I do. Um, I'm still I'm on the fence with that one a little bit, even after all these years. Uh, Tiny Bubble, always like that one. Your Way, I think, is one of the strongest tracks on there, even though I think it's, you know, the music and the lyrics kind of don't match on that, in my just in my opinion. But I love the, the country-ish feel that you get on, on that song. Um, yeah, Heather, melody-wise, I think is... is some of his best work I, I it just works for me um the lyrics you know a little bit here and there you know um there i will stay for a year and a day until the cares of my life you know run away i think it was um i i, I dig that part of it um i i would have been fine if it was just uh no words up until the part where he whispers heather you know and i think that would have just made a good a good choice there myself um you know your loving flame i i tend to enjoy <laughs> and then again you know i've i've you know, being on Facebook and checking out the, the Facebook, the McCarty Facebook pages for so long, I feel like I, you know, I'm also in the minority when it comes to writing the Jaipur. You know, I think this is just a really fun little ditty, you know, kind of like a little mantra, you know, lyric wise. 
you know, and, and just a great medley, uh, you know, melody and, and musicianship. And, you know, we had Gabe Dixon on, on the two leg show and he talked about, uh, you know, the piano playing in, in, that, in that song. And it's beautiful. And he played a little bit of it. And I think it's great. And then, you know, and I've mentioned, you know, Rinse and Raindrops a lot. You know, it's it's just one of those tunes where I, I I can't listen to while I'm driving because the next thing I know I'm doing 100 miles an hour because it, it's just such an energetic, you know, song. And then and then that scream that he does towards the end of that song is just wow. <laughs> you know, I mean, it really harkens back to the to the early Beatle days. You know, and 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 it's just uh, like that that scream he does or at the beginning of Revolution. You know, it, it's just a really powerful. Uh, kind of yell or scream, how whatever you want to call it, maybe a little too long. And and I'm glad, did, I am glad you brought in the length of the album, Joe, because I do think that's one of the things that maybe this album suffers from is is length. But then again, you know, this is the CD era, and you got all that time, and you want to fill all that time. So, but maybe this wasn't the material, you know, for that, you know. <laughs> for that uh for that thing but uh but yeah i mean listen there is some good stuff on here but again i i think there's more mediocre stuff than than good stuff yeah i should have mentioned i forgot to mention magic by the way yeah. you know magic is a song everybody seems to like i i, I think that's that's about linda am i right that one right yep yep, yep. and yep. and um uh, it's funny. Today I was at my local record shop. It's a funny story I was telling my co-hosts, uh, and the guy who runs the shop put "Driving Rain" on on the CD, and I didn't know if he knew I was doing this because he watches my channel and I was announcing I was going to do the this show. He says, "No, no, I had no idea. It was just a coincidence." And I'm listening to it, and I'm like, he put it on, I think from "Driving Rain" the song onward, and I'm listening to him like, "Stop!" I had already had my notes finished, and it's like you, you know, I'm liking some of this more than I wrote in my notes. So magic, I really appealed to me in that one, where it, maybe mm -hmm. it hadn't so much before. And it's funny, you know, it depends on you, you know, wh where you are, what mood you're in, you know. It's it's Somebody really it's it's really amazing when a song hits you when it does. You know, yeah. you you it could be in your life for 20, 30, 40 years, and then all of a sudden, you you relate to it. You know, and, yeah. and and that's one of the great things about music. That's what True I've been enough. saying for many years. You know, right. yeah. I change yeah. all the time. A lot of things that you didn't get first time around. Yep. Especially, right. I find that with a lot of George Harrison solo music, a lot of the spiritual stuff that people yeah. couldn't understand when they were younger, and later on they they get it and they appreciate yeah. the music more. So you know. Never go by first impressions or early impressions because you don't know what you might be thinking so much later on. Yeah, yeah, it'll make but sense. But the problem, as I said earlier, that I have is that, and even with movies, the same thing. There's some movies I didn't mm -hmm. care for, then I see them again. I'm like, I like this now. But the thing right. is, so many records, songs, and so many movies, how many times do you play all of them or watch all of them to, to, give, to give it that much of a chance, you know? Five times? 18 times? I mean, how many times? You know, not everything no is going to be. For that. Yeah, yeah, so, you know. But if you review something, the better you know an album, you know, the well, more... I, I agree with you, yeah, but not when you're trying to get the, you know, a crit a movie critic can't put a movie critic review out, like, after, like years after the thing, or, 
you got to get right. the album review out when it's new, you know, yeah. when you first hear well, it. That's the yeah. beauty of these podcasts. We're talking about these albums 20, 20 oh, yeah. years yeah. after they have come out. That's yeah. right. That's right. I mean, I mean, so, the new new releases is what I meant. You know, yeah. You can't, yeah. You, you yeah. can't wait. So, so Ken, how about you? What uh, what are some of the highlights for you? Uh, well, before I get to that, I just want to bounce off of something that Tom said because I know that Paul has this image of always being positive and thumbs up mm-hmm. and everything, and you always want that in his songs, positive messages. But some of his greatest work. Or depressing yeah. songs. Oh yeah. <laughs> so uh, you know, you go back to the Beatles with you know yesterday and Ellen Rigby and she's mm-hmm. leaving home and you know I love that side of him too. And chaos and creation in the backyard, which I consider to be a masterpiece, is yep. a very dark, moody mm-hmm. album to me. Oh sure. And I love that album just as yeah. it is. so I'm not always looking for a happy Paul all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? No, me, me either, for oh, sure. sure. And I, Chaos and Creation, I call the closest thing to John Lennon Plastic Auto Band for Paul. Hmm. Absolutely. Yep, I agree. But then those those songs are also better than these songs. So but, uh, yeah, that's, what, that's what I'm saying. For me. For me. Right. Certain songs fit certain moods. Mm-hmm. There are times I'd much rather listen to Driving Rain than Chaos and Creation mm-hmm. in the Backyard and still recognize Chaos and Creation as a better album you know but um as for the songs well i love really just about everything on here but lonely road like we said is a great opening track and it really worked well as a live song i always remember people with signs in the audience i hear your music and it's driving me wild wow you know this is a this is a song that he should bring back lonely road in some ways reminds me of stranglehold if i Mm. sometimes want to equate driving rain with press to play great opening track Good rocker right there. Love Paul's vocals on Lonely Road, especially when he's harmonizing with himself and that, you know, edgy, throaty vocal that he gives on the song. From a lover to a friend, I love a lot. You know, the melody is just, it sticks in your head. And, um, you know, that's a very melancholy song there. You know, let me love again, you know. Um, And I love the bass playing on from a lover to a friend Mm -hmm. there is such a thing when in a lot of his ballads he mixes that bass up real hot like he does on i don't know and some of the 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 notes are very simple but they're so right for the moment and um you know i love the bass playing on on that song i love the whole musicianship if you ever listen to the remixes of from a lover to a friend you're going to hear um a lot of gabe dixon's piano playing there and a lot of, um, I guess there are arpeggios, all these flourishes that he does, which really helps to make the song. And you hear Paul's bass playing even more. She's given up talking. I agree with everything you said there, Tom. That's very much like talk more talk for me. Right. Again, third track from Press to Play, third track here. Very elect- electronic sounds uh, that you hear on there make it very different playing with his voice a lot. Um, it, I like it. It's fresh. It's different. It's not what you expect from him. I want more tracks like that. I like the song Driving Rain. It's catchy as hell, despite what people have said about one, two, three, four, five, let's go for a drive. I don't have a problem with saying that. Um, I love the chord progressions in there. I love the melodic line in Driving Rain. Um, the way that it ends, the way it does, it's not what you expect 
the you expect the song to end that way um i like it i like it a lot i do is a very simple ballad but effective in the melody and again paul's vocals are outstanding there tiny bubble you know if we were if we're talking about a time when top 40 radio was still playing paul i would have chosen tiny bubble as the single from mm -hmm. the album because that chorus it's just it sticks in your head immediately and a lot of people have pointed out how similar it is to piggies yeah yeah um sure. i understand what they're saying you know it's not a carbon copy of it but you know what's really interesting in looking at the booklet as i did the other day here tiny bubble was recorded on february 25th mm. <laughs> 2001 oh. on george's birthday Thing. But um, I love the sounds on there. I love the keyboard sounds that really make a difference in it. Um, magic is special to me only because it's telling the story of the first time that he and Linda met. Um, and he, he says, if I hadn't stopped you, I'd, I'd, I'd regret whatever the words are. Very powerful words there. Um, kind of interesting that on this album where he's got songs about Heather, he also puts in a song about Linda, you know, on the same album. Um, I do like your way, very simple song. The finger picking on it reminds me a lot of what, what he's done throughout a lot of his folk songs. Um, like, you know, like Heart of the Country, only more country tinged. Spinning on an Axis is one of my favorite songs here. You talk about something that's really different. It's almost kind of rapish in a way. And I love those two notes on the guitar that keep on repeating that da 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 da, -da and building around that. And I especially love what Paul does with his vocals. He does a lot in his falsetto voice. He plays around with it throughout that song. He doesn't do that normally on a lot of his studio recordings. Um, it's very, very different. I love About You. Um, it's got a great rock edge to it, very fat sound to it. Song about, about Heather um yeah and i love the song heather uh i think it's really cool what he did in that song it's three and a half minutes long and he doesn't get to the vocals until two and a half minutes in and so you're kind of waiting and waiting and waiting for vocals and it finally gets there and then by the time that one verse is sung the song is over you know um there's a lot of old songs in in big band that do that you got to wait a long time before vocals right. come in. So yeah. it reminded me of that. Back in the Sunshine Again, I like a lot. It's, it's a very understated song. It's got a nice bluesy feel to it. And his son James plays some nice lead guitar work on there. I like that a lot. Your Living Flame, I like a lot more now. I thought it was one of his weakest ballads the first time that I heard mm. it. Now I like it a lot. Um, I like the part where he's singing, um, what am I to do if I don't have you? <laughs> and he's singing on the same note, which he rarely ever does, because he's Mr. Right. Melody. So, mm -hmm. um, and there's these flourishes that Gabe Dixon uh, plays while he's singing those lines. I love writing into Jaipur. I love when he once in a while he puts in Indian instruments, you know, into his songs, like on this one, for example. Um, and Rinse the Raindrops, I think, is cool because if you like that really raw, spontaneous sound of Paul, kind of wildlife ish. If you want to hear what mumbo would be for 10 minutes, you know, this is kind of similar to that. Rinse it is. Yeah. yeah. He, the, he and the band are cutting loose. And it's um, a half hour jam, half hour jam that they cut down. Yeah. Right. So, um, and David Kahn did the editing there. 
but uh, I love that. I wish, I wish there was more of that in, in Paul's solo career. Um, so for the people that like when Paul isn't, you know, striving for perfection and working on take after take after take till everything, you know, is right. If you like the looser side of Paul when he's not as concerned about that, but going for the feel, you know, rinse the raindrops is to your liking. And I, I know you're going to disagree with me, Kit. I know you don't like freedom. You know, I understand. it's a very, it's a very simple song. And, I, and it has that feeling that Paul wrote it in five minutes. Um, but because he did. Uh, so what? I only care about the end result, you know, which isn't very good in my opinion. Hey, you know, well, it, he had all good intentions. He had all okay, good we're intentions. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. We're going to that, but yeah. The chorus of freedom is simple and just right. And Paul sang it so effectively at the concert for New York. And, you know, that was the message of the song. I wish he wrote a few more verses. You know, I would have been a little bit more impressed if he did that. But it's a simple song that drives home the point. I, I just wish he worked a little bit more on the words. Yeah. You know, but, you know, most of these songs I like a lot. There's probably at least five songs that I consider to be, you know, top tier. You know, Lonely Road, wow. I would say definitely. Wow. Spinning on an Axis, I would say. Um, from a lover to a friend. Did I say Tiny Bubble? Yes. Of Tiny Bubble. I, I would put yeah, magic. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, but I mean, what I would say is the best. Of, of oh, the, the best of the best. Oh, the best. Of, 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 okay. Yeah. yeah. Best of the best. I, I would put Heather in there, too. There's a lot of really good songs on this album. I like the other Heather that Paul did. With right Donovan? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of ironic. He did. He wrote two different songs called Heather. Oh, yeah, Heather. For different different Heathers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's for, right. For Linda's. Daughter. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll I'll share mine. Uh, and, and, and it'll be brief. <laughs> oh, you have one. Take <laughs> some time. <laughs> so we'll save a little time um actually i i i agree with you ken uh spinning on an axis that probably is my favorite um oh, i I, I thought it was it was weird uh you know it's weird but you know it, we've talked about before i like i sometimes like weird paul and and uh and this one was i mean yeah half rapping at the beginning and at first i thought i was gonna say yeah, and half rapping, you know, but I thought, and at first I thought, no, I don't know if I like this, but damned if I didn't find myself tapping my foot, you know, at times uh, like that beat. Hmm. Um, and, you know, the lyrics are nothing to write home about, for sure. But, you know, the bass, uh, the beat, uh, you know, Paul's rhythmic kind of singing, you know, it was, it was darn catchy that twangy kind of guitar riff um you know has kind of a dark tone in a way to it but in a you know in a cool way so um yeah i i actually like that a lot better than i i thought i was going to um i do um i thought you know again the lyrics you know were a little uh, you know little predictable but it's it's kind of a, a typical you know paul melodic pretty um romantic kind of track um so you know i like that writing into uh, jaipur i actually uh did like that i didn't love the lyric 
where he was saying, you know, riding into Jaipur, that part was great, you know, but then like with my baby, I thought that was mm. a little like, <laughs> ooh, you know, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, instrumentally, I thought it was beautiful. I, I really mm -hmm. did. I thought, uh, you know, I thought George would be would be proud. Um, you know, I, I really uh, like that. I wish he had done a little more uh, with the sitar. And, and I, I thought that was uh, really, you know, quite, uh, quite lovely. Um, Rinse the Raindrops, I'm kind of on the fence about. In some ways, I liked it because it had that kind of loose jam, almost a fusion feel to it. But yeah, cut it in half. That would have been great. Cut it to like five minutes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, that would have been fine with me. But uh, but I did like it for its experimental kind of tone, that kind of uh, unstructured kind of uh, uh, sound to it. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I did like that. Um, but as I said, shorter would have been good. But uh, but other than that, um, I, I liked it. So uh, so those were probably the tracks that that drew me the most but yeah spinning on an axis that that was probably weirdly the one that i i grip you know pun intended but gravitated to the most <laughs> so uh yeah that that i was surprised i i what, thought what that about was, lonely road I, I, lonely road it, it just i i don't know um she I told you I, the one she likes again <laughs> yeah i, 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 I want to know why you don't like the others yeah i, I uh, well we're getting yeah, to that right oh we're getting to that we'll get oh don't worry <laughs> No Wait a minute. Where's my We're carving knife? That. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So those, so those are, are mine. So now let's let's get to the ones uh, we we don't like as well. Um, so uh, let's see. So Tom, let's uh, let's start with you. What uh, what ones don't you like as well? Well, it's it, it's a tough question to to answer because. I've got such a, a history with, with this album and mm -hmm. I played it so much when it first came out. And I don't want to say that I hate any songs on this album because I'd be lying to myself. Okay. I think in my opinion, they're just not, you know, the standard isn't, isn't there in my opinion with with a bunch of these songs so and i have to disagree with, with spinning on an axis i i you know believe me i listened to this song a billion times and it it still just doesn't you know mesh with me and you know you know especially the you know the ooze and you know is experimenting with his vocals and that you know and it's fine because you know we talk about that when she's giving up talking right where you know he's doing different something different on both of these tracks it just so happens i like the one more than i like the other uh about you i i just i i i don't find a very interesting rocker uh you know back in the sunshine it just again has been another thing that just you know you know that you know, hasn't really touched me in, in, in any way. Um, but again, it's just, I don't hate these songs. I still, you know, enjoy them one way or the other. There's something about it that I will, you know, like, whether whether it's it's the vocal or whether it's the melody, um, you know, so I think there's something to enjoy with just about every song on this album. I just, I just don't think that the, that the, the quality of the quantity that we have here is is as good as you know what we've had in the past and what we've had you know after after this so 
again, you know, you know, so so stuff that just isn't really my favorite, I would say, unfortunately, are the two ballads, which, you know, I'm a big ballad, you know, Paul ballad junkie and, and um, I just don't consider them top tier, you know, McCartney ballads, and then, you know, spinning on an axis back in, in the sunshine again about you, um, you know, and even a little bit I do you know, and driving rain and it, and the driving rain has nothing to do with the one, two, three, four, five, let's go for a drive. I'm fine with that. He's done it before, you know, whatever. It just, again, it's just not catchy or, or, or it was maybe, and maybe I just got burnt out on the song or for whatever, whatever reason, it just, it just doesn't hold up for me. Like, like some of the other songs have held up, like, you know, Lonely Road, I think is, is, is great. You know, so so there are some songs that have held up for me, but others that haven't, you know. So again, I don't hate songs on here. I just don't think they're, you know, up to standards. Yeah, and I, I see what you're saying because some of the ones I'll talk about, I'll like them instrumentally, you know, right. but but it'll be like some lyrics that'll kill it for me or mm -hmm. something like that. So it's not like, oh, the whole thing is horrible it'll just right. be my or you've just said you know like you just said paul has done this but he's done it better before mm. you know something like that and like i don't I remind an artist repeating themselves i mean because right. you know artists artists you know that have had the career as long as paul have i mean they'll do that i mean they'll borrow from from past you know songs you know and that mm -hmm. part doesn't bother me either it's just you know to my ears it just they just don't for whatever reason they don't do it for me right absolutely absolutely ken how about how about you are there any songs on here that just uh don't uh don't grab you no i like all of them <laughs> really in in varying degrees mm -hmm. you know but i don't always when i listen to an album from anybody it's it's not like i make comparisons to what they did prior to right because mm -hmm. if you take a song like your love and flame which i happen to enjoy now if i was to compare it to so many other ballads that paul did mm -hmm. that i think are better I'm not going to suddenly dislike your love and flame because of it. You know, they all have merit. They all have value. And his songs stick in my head. I don't know what it is. It's just that's the gift that he has. It's a genius of, 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 of melody and uh, catchy earworms. Yeah. And, um, you know, you brought up a very valid point here in the length of the CD. Um, it is 67 minutes of music. And, you know, when you've been brought up in the days of vinyl, when you had about 35 minutes of music, maybe 40 minutes of music, and then certain CDs would give you more, like 50 minutes, mm -hmm. uh, you can feel the difference when you're listening to the CD all the way through. Um, as much as I love all the songs on here, there are times when it, it, it is taking too long. And yeah. maybe that's because I'm so used to whatever i've got used to 50 minutes <laughs> I've, I've, I've got a theory i've got a theory why this album was so long because he finally wanted that double album you know this is a double album uh, you know uh, <laughs> let me let me ask you this because so much of yeah, what yeah. you've done tom and we've talked about mm -hmm. it in podcast shows is that right. there are songs that you wish you could take off some of these albums and replace with bonus tracks what if you right. took an album like off the ground which is the greatest example where yeah. the bonus tracks on the CD singles were really strong and in, in many cases better than some of the songs that were on the album. What if you took 
all those bonus tracks and you added them to all the songs that are on Off the Ground and it got to mm -hmm. be 80 minutes of music. As right. much as you liked all those songs, would you say, you know, this is starting to get to be too long anyway? You know, well, again, maybe, that's maybe. that's the that's for the ear of the beholder. I mean, I would say, Why yeah, I would like it more because a lot of those bonus tracks that weren't on the album, I really love, you know, and, and right. so that that listening experience would be completely different for me. You know, for me, it might be different for you or, or Joe or Kit. But for me, I think that that I mean, if Off the Ground was a double album with all those other tracks that I love, I think it, it, it moves up to to brilliant level for me. It goes up to masterpiece level for me, you know, even with even with even with the songs on it that I don't care for. You know, you bring in all of those all those songs, Big Boy Bickering, um, you know, uh, Style Style, you know, and so on and so on. For me, I'm happy as yeah, yeah. You know, I'm as happy, you know, as Mike Myers. You know, I'm as happy as a girl. You know, but um, it's yeah. I mean, but we're all different, Ken. You know, when it comes to this stuff. Yeah, talking about it. Yeah, right. For some people, and believe me, you know, I love those bonus tracks on Off the Ground. Right. Um, if you put all them, but you crammed it all onto one CD, it might still drag because it's so long. Absolutely. Yeah, right. You know. Yeah. Maybe, for maybe some people. Yes. Maybe sometimes and sometimes it's been a double album. Sometimes mm -hmm. things don't feel as long as they are if you're enjoying it. Yeah. Oh, sure. right. I mean, the same thing with movies, you know. I mean, yes. I'm sure people that love 10 commandments don't feel ben like Hur. it's a four, don't feel like it's a, you know, or Ben Hurd, it doesn't feel like a 4-hour movie, you know. Uh -huh. Of course. Yeah. yeah you know? Absolutely. So. All right, Joe. Yeah, I'm up. I'm it's... dying here waiting to go on this. All right. Well, <laughs> uh, uh, try, I'm trying to look pass, passive it's, about it. It's, uh, it's no, well, spotlight's on you. The song Driving Rain, you know, I, I, I really, I, I'm a, opposite of Tom, I think, if I remember what he said. I like it, except for that one, two, three, four, five. Now, that's mm -hmm. terrible. There is one, two, three, four, five. Let's go for a drive. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. What's the word? Let's go through and back again. Go there and back again. Go there and back again, um, but the rest of it, I'm enjoying it until he does that. It's just so, so cheap. Now let's cut. Let's go through what everybody's gonna say. He does it in all together now. Oh, I get right. all together now is one of my least favorite Beatles songs to begin. With. So and it's also a kitty song. So all right, that's okay. The count <laughs> works. It works. It works. It works great in Yellow Submarine. Yes, it does. Uh, and also, uh, for as they always say, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. All good children go to heaven. They try to like catch you, like you know, tripping, tripping, contradicting yourself or whatnot, being hypocritical. Mm -hmm. That's to me. That's what I call a coda. That's the end of the song. They're just going off into somewhere. Uh, it's not part of the main song. So that's the driving rain song. Now, I do. I find really by the numbers. You know, it's, it's, I don't hate any of these. Tom was mentioning that. Don't, don't hate any of these songs now. Anyway, I did 20 something one years ago, maybe mm. some of them, but, uh, but I just find it by the numbers, you know, the lyrics, you know, if you only knew how much it meant to me, you'd understand. And I would feel your love was true. This is all I want. <laughs> this is all I need. It's always, yeah, I was always in songs. Those always come. I want you. I need you. It's always the same thing. No thanks. 
I'm saying I know what I know what I think something that Tom is waiting for, but he's leaving it to me. But spinning on an axis, an axis. I called it one of Paul's worst songs. I don't know. Uh, sorry, you know it's as close to rap as 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 he's gotten at the beginning. It's just unmemorable to me, and he does rely on that ooh 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 again in it. You know, so I don't know. Then the song about you again. You know, you know typical cookie cutter stuff. You give me the power to get out of bed. When in the morning, I'm feeling dead. <laughs> Out of the darkness and into the light, straight to the center of everything right. Don't worry, darling, the, the sky will be bright and blue. Oh, okay. Here I we think go. most of those lyrics are pretty good. I don't. <laughs> I beg to differ, my friend. Uh, back in the sunshine, uh, f- uh, forgettable, no hooks. Uh, some, some nice instrumentation, perhaps, to give it a little bit. The Sun James on it. Yep, mm-hmm. I think is on it. Okay, yes. relies on ooh, 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 ooh again. And now I'm getting to the part that I think Tom's been waiting for. I think he you <laughs> left it for me, didn't you, Tom? Yeah, you're loving flame. Yeah. yeah, you're loving flame. One of his most limp and uninspired ballads. Really weak ballad from Paul, and abominable third grade lyrics. You know, how can I hope to reach your love? Help me to discover what it is you're thinking of. You know, what am I to do if I don't have you? I'll be feeling blue just sitting here without you. I mean, for God's sake, come on. You know, I, I, it bothers me. It, it, can, can I can I deny that it's catchy, the melody? It's, mm. That's Paul we're talking about. It's catchy. Mm. I think the problem I have with it is that it's just, I almost get the feeling like even though they weren't having problems, I don't think Heather and Paul at the time. No. I wonder how strong the love was there because some of these are really uninspired as compared to even, in my opinion, my Valentine for Nancy, which I think mm-hmm. is, is is better in my opinion, and all the songs for Linda. These don't seem that inspired to me, you know. Uh, writing into Jaipur, uh, I think it at least it attempts something different and musically interesting, like uh, with the tempora, you know. So I, I can deal with that. And then the last thing I'll say is freedom. You know, I, what I always say about freedom is that it, it served its purpose, I think, for the concert for New York City. I mean, it worked there. It was if he, if he had just cooked that up and just did it there just to get the crowd involved at the concert where it worked wonderfully, terrific. To put it as a track on an album. Right, you know, it's yeah. it's just rushed and generic, and uh, you, you can tell that that it's just something he just dashed off, and that's always a bad thing, right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to make it sound like just because it's dashed off, it's no it's no good. I think some days is fantastic, and one of the best songs he's ever written. Some days, yeah. and that thing was pretty quick, mm-hmm. maybe not five minutes. <laughs> mm-hmm. but, well, yeah, yeah, I mean, freedom. I I, I definitely think. It shouldn't have postponed the CD record release. I, I think it would have worked better, you know, just uh, on it on its own. You know, you do it, you put it out as a single. You know, right. money proceeds go to charity. You know, whatever. And and it was a single, you, you know. But I think you you just leave it at that. 
I agree. You know, and, and just my opinion, you know, I mean, yeah, sentiment is great. I think the but I, I think the best part about the song is Clapton solo at the end, you know, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, you know, and yeah, and I I dig the freedom, you know, talking about freedom, you know, I, again, I can dig that. But yeah, I, I, and I agree with you, Ken. I mean, yeah, spend a little bit more time uh, maybe on, on, the, on the verses. Yeah. And before anybody it's, says it's, anything, because we get this all the time. Voice with his voice. Right. Get this all yeah. The, yeah. I'm not crazy about it. Give peace a chance either, folks. So before you say, well, what about John? Give peace a chance. Isn't much to it. It's a great slogan, but not much of a song, but give peace a chance. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Boy, I can't really add much to that because a lot of that is what Go ahead, I was take, going take to the say. Off. Yeah, I mean, wow. Yeah, I, I mean, there, there's so much of that <laughs> that I really agree with. Yeah, a lot of the problem I had with it was lyrics because the band sounds great. Mm -hmm. uh, and a lot yep. of the time, you know, the instrumentation was great. It was just, you know, Paul's bass sounds terrific. Mm -hmm. on, on many of the cuts his voice sounds great um it was just the lyrics would just it, it, it there were times it was just like like a you know a scratch <laughs> record that that just you know made it come to a halt for me um yeah she's given up talking i mean that yappy yappy yap i mean i just thought this is the man that that wrote here there and everywhere you know, um, I and, and it just I did like the effects on his singing, you know, sounding like he was singing through a megaphone. Um, you know, it was a little experimental. I appreciate that. But I I just think, you know, it was kind of like what we were saying, Tom, like what you were saying earlier. It's things he's done before, but done better, like talk more talk. I love mm. talk more talk. But this just sounded forced so to me. I, I just, yeah, I know you disagree, but, but I mean, I just, this just didn't work for me. Um, driving rain. I actually did like after the, the part after the one, two, three, four, five, you know, when, when he starts saying, you come walking through my door, like the one I've been waiting for, you know, and then, so why don't we drive in the rain? Like that part, you know, it was like, okay, this sounds like a good driving kind of song. Uh, very positive And, you know, but yeah, that one, two, three, four, five, that that's got to go down as one of the worst lyrics he's ever written. I'm sorry. I mean, that just really bothered me. I, I just thought you could do better than that. Um, Tiny Bubble, I'm kind of on the fence with, but it was, and he's done this before. He sometimes writes lyrics where I feel like he thinks, yeah, that sounds good, but it doesn't make much sense. You know, mm -hmm. um, all the world's a tiny bubble floating inside the truth. I mean, when you think about like what, what is he trying to say there? I mean, it, it well, just, he likes it just, to do that to where then he leaves it up to us to interpret yeah. it. What, What's what, wrong? you know, what it means. Yeah. But I just kind of think, oh, you know, I, I just think he just doesn't really develop it, you know, into exactly where you know it, it would make a lot of sense. Um, and back in the sunshine again, um, you know, again the lyrics. So, starts off promising you know we're leaving behind all our trouble and strife that's the way it's going to be for the rest of my life okay that's that's all right but then it's we're taking a ride out to the land of the free <laughs> what i mean it, it just you know it, it just sounds kind of no worry no pain i mean i don't know it just sounded a little trite 
uh, to me. And there were other parts that I just thought you can do better than this, you know, and, 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 but again, instrumentally sounded great. And as you said, with freedom, well-intentioned, you know, very well-intentioned. I, I, you know, I appreciate what he was doing, but yeah, I agree, Tom, shouldn't have been on the album. Um, you know, a single, the single would have been just fine. Just leave it as that. But it, it just, it, you know, it, it just, it sounds like it was written in in five minutes i mean it, it definitely does i've just never particularly liked it um and uh, i i think can you ask me why i don't like lonely road one of the reasons is i i never liked the way it started with just those bass notes i just thought that was oh, an wow. odd way to start that just that duh, 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 duh. i mean just what an anticlimactic way to start it i just thought that was a very odd way i mean it's just like i i don't know i just never like that you know hmm. i don't know well, what it is hmm. well agree to disagree on that one then yeah i just never i mean the rest of it's okay i mean it's, yeah. it's, i don't hate it i don't hate the song it's just never done a lot for me i mean i just you know just a lot of these songs i just don't find very memorable that's all and I, and I, it's kind of like what joe said i don't hate it but i like lonely road i was saying it early on i like lonely road but, it's, but then it goes oh with thoughts yeah of you yeah i don't like that and either it's like oh, come on yeah you know, i don't like still, that part it, you know it's can you think of anything else to say other than basic stuff like that yep. but i love it i do love that one well, uh, obviously the three of you spent a lot more time looking at the lyrics of paul <laughs> well it, really it <laughs> just they the just stood out that you did generalize that to his whole career you know no but there are times when his lyrics are just adequate and that's yeah. fine for yeah. me yes you know, yeah, I, 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 I like towards the melodies and the hooks and the arrangements and everything else. Right. And I when, mean, yeah, but not here. I, I do right. that with other things. I excuse other songs to write lyrics. Why? I like the overall song. Exactly. It's like, it's like why? Okay, for my love, for example. Again, yeah, I mean, that's a good example. Yeah, well, it's, it's, I think a good it's a example. good example. But why? Why do we love that one? You know, when when it's so easy compared to you right. know something on yeah. Driving yeah. Rain. That is equally as easy, but I mean, but maybe it just it might not be as catchy. I I don't know, but it, it's really weird how we can like his easy yes. lyric stuff yeah. on some songs, but other songs we we call him lazy for it. You know, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> That's the yeah, most I frustrating thing about th these kind of discussions. Uh, not here, only here, but any kind of music discussion. You know, well, mm -hmm. it's like one you know one suit or size doesn't necessarily always fit all the songs so to speak one size doesn't fit all why yeah. it seems like i'll say one song sounds like a childish song but then i like another childish sounding song sure. how does that work yeah because yeah, certainly yeah. every lyric paul has written isn't you know rocket science or anything yeah. i mean yeah. that's true i mean that's right. you know absolutely so but oh, for sure. some reason you know sometimes the lyrics will hit you and it just it just makes you cringe and other times there'll be the most simple lyrics in the world and you think oh that's beautiful uh -huh. <laughs> yeah it's interesting these are all great points i think a lot of it also has to do with when in your life you've heard these songs mm. when you're younger you're probably a lot more accepting of a song like my love which i still think my love is a great beautiful melody Great arrangement. Everything that we've heard about it, Henry McCullough's guitar solo, everything you yeah. love about it, and it becomes part of who you are. You grew up with it, and you're more accepting of it, and you can be far more critical as you get older, to the point where there could be a, a lyric that's just as simple, but then you're critical of it. Yeah. You yeah. know, just 
Yeah, that's Sometimes true. Don't make perfect sense when it comes right. to you know your musical taste. Yep, yeah. that's true. Yes, so. Tony DeMeo, you're right. Nothing wrong with nonsense lyrics. I'll say that all the time. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I love Junior's Farm. There's a lot of nonsense in there. I see yeah. there's a lot of nonsense in there, or whatever. Yeah. But I, I, I like them. You know, I don't know why. You know. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I like Bebopalula with the nonsense. Sure. Judy Freddy. That's right. <laughs> so, all right, gentlemen, now we're getting to the the moment of truth here. We've all heard it again. We've we've discussed what we like, what we don't like. So now comes the final verdict. So it's hmm. been over 20 years since this first came out. So we'll find out have our opinions changed or not? Um, you know, do we like it better, worse, the same? Where do we rank it among Paul's albums? So let's start with Kev. What do you think? I liked it a lot when it first came out. I like it more now than I ever have before. I consider it a near perfect album. Um, you know, there I rate albums on a scale of one to 10, and there's about 11 or 12 albums from Paul that I consider to be 10s this would be more like a nine, you know, to me. So it would probably be somewhere around between his 12th and 15th best album. And that's wow. for an album that I like so many songs from, which tells you mm. how well I like the other albums that I rate mm -hmm. higher. So, you know, the, Paul's albums go from good to great or very good to great as far as I'm mm -hmm. concerned. So, yeah. All even right. if I rate it number 12, <laughs> it's still yeah. a high rating because all the others I rate, you know, uh, you know, great albums. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Joe. All right, well, I want to preface where the ranking by saying, you know, it has changed for me for the better in a way, as you'll see here. You know, strong Paul vocals, strong musicianship, instrumentation. Uh, I like about five or six songs now rather than zero where it was for so long uh, i think the poor lyrics let it down in spots and uh as far as where i would rank it you know right now as we're doing the show i'm thinking i'd still put it at the bottom when i say at the bottom i'm talking about uh paul's original albums of his own work at work i mean not you know the uh oldies you know not like uh, Shova, either russian album or any of the other you know you know, firemen, or I'm talking just about the, the regular Paul stuff. But you know, as I'm as I'm doing the show, I'm sitting here, and you know, I know everybody. Everybody seems to love press to play, and Ken, you'll be happy. I mean, that really is growing I'm, in appreciation and stature. You I'm know, I still don't like. It. I still don't <laughs> like it, but now you're not going to like it because I'm thinking. I'm like, I always put for me. I always put press to play next to the last, and I'm thinking, wait a minute, it seems like I like more. A number of songs here than I do on Press to Play. Is Press to Play now the bottom? I don't know because I think the quality of the songs I like off, off Press to Play I like better than any of these. There may be more here, but I like the quality better of the ones on Press to Play. So anyway, I'll say I still I'm still going to leave this on the bottom. Driving Rain is still, in my opinion, probably for me Paul's least album. <laughs> and it is from now I'm going to call it Driving Rain, folks. It's no more thriving pain. No more thriving I pain. I don't feel a continue. I, I actually, you know, I, overall, I had a, a, a good time with it overall, listening to it again, revisiting it after all these years, just a little too long. 
All right. You heard it here. We're making progress. We're making progress. (laughs) (laughs) You heard it here, folks. Retiring, thriving pain. Yep. Sorry. (laughs) Wow. Oh, my gosh. But it's still still his worst album, just to save a face. I'm telling you, I still don't like it uh, that much. Yep. Okay. Tom. Um, well, I, I do want to mention one other song that was recorded during this time, and that's Vanilla Sky. Um, oh, yeah. It's a, one, another track that I think uh, is a good um, a soundtrack song, and I don't know if I would ever, you know, want to put this on the album or not, but um, I, I do think that Vanilla Sky is, is, a, is a really good song from, from Paul uh, around this, this, this time. But um, as an album as a whole, um, it's in the bottom for me, and I'll tell you why. Um, and 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 I and I think this album gets buried because the albums that came after this are just so strong. You know, Chaos, Memory Was Full, New, Egypt Station, McCartney Three. I I, I just think that it, they kind of it just kind of overshadows this album. And I know we want to look at these albums separately, right? You know, but you know when you're when you're doing something like this, and and you know, and you want to you know, put it somewhere, I, I think you got to, you know, look at it, you know, albums that came after and albums that came out before. And, uh, you know, for me, again, I, I've said it, I said, I just think this, this album has, you know, mediocre to, to really good songs. I, I don't really have one that I think is like, like great, great where that I would put like, you know, like we did our 101 favorite McCartney songs. I don't think I had any uh, songs from this album, you know, in there. Um, so that being said, you know, yeah, unfortunately, you know, when, when we have to put an album down, you know, we have to put it somewhere, you know, but it's, it, again, I just don't find it as exciting uh, as, as I used to. The excitement has worn off as, as other albums have come out and have been better, in my opinion, than this one. Hmm. Yep, yeah, yep. And, uh, yep, hope everybody uh, still likes me after this, but, yeah, I, I would have to rate this last. Um, I, I too, I mean, I think it's, yeah, mediocre to average uh, for me. I, and I really did listen to this. I, I was hoping, you know, that after all these years, I would like it better. I really did. I, I tried to listen to it with as open mind as I could. I, I just couldn't do it. I, I would rather listen to Magneto and Titanium Man. <laughs> I'd rather listen to, to a whole, a whole I album. I don't understand the problem you have with that song. <laughs> it's a, I mean, it's a little long. It's a little long, and it's the and it's the subject matter. I don't I think, think it's just long. the comic book stuff and all that. <laughs> but I'll tell you, I'll I'd rather listen to that. You know, oh. like a thousand times. The, you know but no it's i mean it's not terrible i mean this isn't terrible I, i'm joking but but it, it's just uh, yeah i mean to, and to think however that he followed this up with chaos and creation i mean what right. a what a change you know which is as you were i think you said this can a masterpiece um you know mm-hmm. it really really is uh so you know just uh what a what a, a turnaround you hear that richard dolan chaos and creation in the backyard is a masterpiece it's, that's it right and that was a grower for me too i mean that, yeah, that me too. Oh, i mean i didn't I, I didn't instantly dislike it or anything but no, uh, yeah. you know and now yeah i mean that that i think has aged 
extremely extremely yeah. well uh yeah. so um so yeah well this this uh was really uh fascinating to to dive into and uh, as i said you guys have been asking for this for a long time <laughs> you asked for it and uh <laughs> and no we really uh had fun revisiting this album and uh, giving it another listen i uh, hope you enjoyed it too and i've, I've there have been so many comments coming in here that it's been hard to keep up with yeah, all of them. really uh but uh but i we've been reading them and uh you know so appreciate your thoughts on this and as i expected they're all over the place on this album that's that's the kind of reaction driving ring gets right uh do you love it or you hate it um, but but we invite you to keep this conversation going. We do read your comments, um, right. you know. And I'm sorry we didn't get to uh, you know get to many of them tonight. Um, it's uh, just was there was too much to talk about. Um, well, I was. You know, it's oh, it's a lot of fun to talk about Paul's entire catalog and hear different mm. opinions because there is no set way to look at everything. Exactly. Right. You know, for all the years that I kept hearing, Band on the Run is his best album. And there are still fans that feel that way. Think about all the people now that, that I talk to that like pre-Band on the Run stuff better than Band mm -hmm. on the Run. You know, who's right? Who's wrong? <laughs> we all have different opinions. We're all entitled to them. You know? And yeah. um, um, I just want, Tim Allen was asking here, he says, now that you've given a second listen to Driving Rain, excuse me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it the right way i said i wouldn't call it that anymore <laughs> driving rain tim are you going to give a, a second listen to extra torture meaning extra texture <laughs> um, torture I, I think they we already were going to they did that already but my mic right. wasn't working that day i couldn't get on the show oh that's right yes i really want you i i that that does not improve for me this mm -hmm. improved more than that did let me tell you interesting so okay. yeah Yep. So yeah, I love, excited about I love that. three songs. I, I love yeah. three songs. I like the first three songs I love. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. If if uh, you guys have any uh, albums that you want us to do for you know specific suggestions for future another listens, let me uh, let us know. We, are, we already got a suggestion, Dark Horse. Oh um, yeah. All right. That's interesting. Yep. That's interesting. That would be an interesting one to do. Yes, Dark Horse. That, that could be, be another listen series in a way. For I mean, sure. That kind of sometimes like people think like lukewarm. Yeah. At least absolutely. it did well. It did well on the charts though. Yeah, it did. Mm. That's true. But yeah, that's an album that today gets kind of you know, people are kind of mixed about it. But yep, that's that's a that's a good suggestion. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So well, um, well, but that's, I think that's uh, that wraps it up for tonight's another listen. I we hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we certainly did. It's been fun to uh, revisit Driving Rain. So uh, why don't we go around and uh, let everybody know uh, where we can uh, where you can reach us and what's been going on. Oh, before I do it though, uh, you can reach us. Uh, on our Facebook page. You can reach us right here on our YouTube channel. Uh, please subscribe. Uh, we want to get those numbers up. They've been kind of 
uh, you know, kind of uh, static lately. So we want to get those numbers <laughs> up. Please tell your friends, please tell your family uh, to subscribe. And, and we really appreciate all of your support. Uh, as always, we couldn't do this show without you. Uh, you can email us at talkmoresolotalk at gmail.com. Again, if you want to uh, want us to do specific albums for another listen, please let us know. Um, you can uh, follow us on Twitter at talkmoretalk1. That's the number one. Um, you can, uh, of course, if you'd rather listen to our show, you can uh, get us on virtually any podcasting platform you can think of. Um, and I didn't mention this on the last show, so I want to make sure you can also listen to us on FAP for radio, courtesy of Beetle Ed, who co- uh, also uh, carries many of our individual shows. So thank you to Beetle Ed. Uh, just uh, go to fab4radio.com and check out his schedules as to when he runs our different shows. So, uh, okay, uh, let's see. So, Joe, how about we start with you? What are you up to? Yeah, um, well, you can uh, subscribe to me on the Mean Mr. Mayo YouTube channel. Uh, recently, my videos have, I've done some Beatle ones talk, talking about the Glastonbury thing with Paul, and uh, but, but I've done some non Beatle stuff because I saw the movie Elvis you know, the new Elvis movie with Austin Butler. And I talked about that, which you might want to check out. I I really thought it was a good movie and it's doing pretty well, I think. But that inspired me to start doing some reviews of Elvis's movies, uh, which I've seen all of all of them and I have notes on them all. So I can just knock those off. In fact, the first three or four are videos that I did in 2020 and Mm. I'm reviving them. (laughs) <laughs> putting them up so i'm doing a little elvis now i'm on an elvis kick a little bit here and uh yeah i feel like a, oh yeah one other thing i shot a video unrelated again to music or beatles really uh beatles or music really backwards, uh is my friend richie and i did another horror movie thing if those of you who like horror films i'm going to try to put a little more of that stuff here and there on my channel we talk about our top 10 or more runners up uh, horror movies of the 1960s so i'll be putting that up soon and that's about what i'm up to excellent always always up to something and uh tom how about you what are you doing okay well i just want uh the some uh, a certain individual to know that i live in arizona the fan stays on and i'll try to Make sure you yeah, don't see the, the fan. Uh, you know, I like the fan, Tom. I like, I like the fan. The fan. <laughs> anyways, just having a laugh. Time. Just having a laugh with you. Don't worry about it. Um, but anyways, um, yeah, we've been busy as always. Um, like ten days ago, you know, Andy, we Andy gave us his review for the MetLife uh, show. We did our, uh, our our big 80th uh, birthday to Paul by by ranking 26 of his albums, and that was a lot of fun. Uh, doing that that video is doing well and um, thank you for all the comments and everybody that participated and everybody that put their rankings in 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 the video uh, are in the comment section and it's funny because you know people are, are are funny about lists you know they hate them and then they love them at the same time you know what I mean so they'll tease you about it but yet they'll also make the, their own list in the comment section so you know you can't you can never win with these with these ranking videos but we love to do them anyways um and then uh we did uh let's see here we did a 50th anniversary show for the first three wing singles uh two already celebrated their theirs and then you know with high 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 uh 
coming in December, we thought, well, we just let's just knock all three of them out <laughs> uh, in one show. And that that was a lot of fun. And then uh, my wife and I, we just did our second record store day video. So that's up on, on, our, on the YouTube channel as well. And that's always fun to have her get her in, in, involved with that. And then um, if there's anybody that's a Star Wars fan like Andy and our we just had we just had a lot, little live chat uh, today doing the Star Wars and and uh, you know Joe, you know he's a big Star Wars fan too, so he joined yeah, no. in and <laughs> just teased. Planet of the Apes. Yeah, Planet of the Apes. yeah, exactly. Star Wars took over Planet of the yeah. Apes and everything. Yeah, else. okay, <laughs> but uh, but you can you can find Two Legs on on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Two Legs Podcast, and uh, you can email us at Two Legs Podcast at gmail.com. And then thank you everybody that's been subscribing to our YouTube channels. It's it's really been taken off over the last year and a half. And, uh, you know, it's a big thanks to, you know, you guys as well for, for spread, helping spreading the word uh, of that show as well. So um, thank you uh, to you three and to everybody out there that's been watching and commenting. We really appreciate it. You guys are awesome. There's some good comments here, Tom. It says that's your biggest fan. Yeah, that's my biggest <laughs> fan, right? <laughs> and also says you're, you're, you've always been a fan boy. Yeah, oh. I am. That's Very great. Those are comedians here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. All right. Well, I've just got a, a few things, and then we usually finish off uh, with, with Ken. So um, just want to mention, um, I actually got a few things here. Uh, I was a guest on a friend of our show, uh, Ed Chen, uh, his show When They Was Fab. Uh, we did an interview with Eric Howell, who has a, a very interesting podcast called A Day in Their Life. And it's mm. retelling the Beatles story like it's a... Um, like an old-fashioned radio drama um and he has it's like it has a cast uh it has um in fact uh ken later on i'm gonna uh, talk about him with you because uh he it's a fascinating show um i mean it's a scripted it's got sound effects very well produced um and he's from chicago uh and uh and so we uh we interviewed him he talks all about how he produces this show and and it's a really fascinating interview uh so go over to the uh when they was fab page on facebook you can also find them on podbean and check out our interview with him uh i was also a guest on uh, a friend of all of ours ed rising uh he has his own uh show now called ed's podomatic uh, mm -hmm. podcast and i was a guest on there and i was in fact very honored to say i was i'm his first guest on his podcast. Ah, so very, yeah. very honored. Nice. Uh, so, I'll, drink to, I'll drink to that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was really excited to be on there. So we talked about mm. uh, Paul's 80th birthday, about my concert experience in Orlando, about uh, how I you know, became a fan and, and just had a fun, fun conversation. Um, so you can find him at Podomatic. Uh, that's Ed's Podomatic podcast. Um, the latest edition of Beatle Fan Magazine, I did uh, an interview with Ken Womack, kind of a preview of his book, uh, two books coming up next year on Mal Evans. And uh, we had a great conversation. Uh, if you're curious about the, the book, and I have a feeling some of you may be. Oh, yeah. Uh, you, yeah, I think you'll want to check out this interview. If you are not a subscriber, go to Beetlefan.com. So yes, Tom. 
<laughs> was what one supposed to be this year and then next year? I think I, I think now don't quote me on this because, you know, things could change with the publisher. Right. The first book will either come out at the end of this year or next year. OK, but it's kind of un, unsure, you know, right. uh, and then the second book will be all uh, photographs, um, reproductions of his journal and that will be either next year or okay. again, depending on the publisher, right. could be the following year, not sure. So, uh, but you'll, you're going to learn a lot about, you know, get a good sneak preview about what will be in those books. So, excellent. Uh, so do check that out. I think you'll enjoy it. And finally, Tuesday, July 12th, which will be the day after our next episode, uh, will be Tuesday Night Record Club. Uh, speaking of Ken, I'm going to be joining him uh, as we will talk about Go the Go-Go's great classic album, Beauty and the Beat. Um, and uh, great album for my childhood that will be at 7 30 eastern on tuesday july 12th it is absolutely free to attend uh the registration link is on my facebook page as well as the facebook page for talk more talk so hope uh, hope you'll join us it's going to be a, a fun night they're they were like my idols so this will be uh, <laughs> i was like oh my god girls can play drums and guitars and bass and this is great i was like you know nine ten i mean this was this was big stuff so so it should be a lot of fun uh so those are uh, all my announcements oh and i forgot to mention talk more talk we also have a, a um website talkmoretalk.com so forgot to mm. mention that okay ken you're <laughs> rounding it all out for us well, first of all, I just want to make mention since Tom brought it up before, but uh, on the Two Legs podcast and also on my YouTube channel, we interviewed Gabe Dixon, who yep. played keyboards on Driving Rain. So if you want to learn more about the album, two excellent interviews right there. Check them out on our uh, YouTube channels mm -hmm. and also all the, the, the other outlets that you can find Two Legs on as well. Okay. Thank you, Ken. Yep. yep. And I also want to make a quick mention that um, David Kahn was the producer of Driving Rain. He also went on to produce Memory Almost Full. And through um, a guy that works for Paul's company, MPL, he's the one that suggested David Kahn to work with Paul. It's really important in a way in, in Paul's history because it's through David Kahn that we got all the musicians that are in Paul's live band of the last 20 years and have played on you know, Paul's albums as right. well. So, you know, David Kahn's a big part in, in Paul's history in that regard. Still to this day, it's that same band. Although mm -hmm. Wix comes from earlier, from, you know, 1989 and all. All right, uh, let's see. My YouTube channel, which is Ken Michaels Radio, the last couple of weeks, I've had three brand new interviews. One of which is with Glenn Greenberg. <laughs> and he is the author of this mm -hmm. issue, this brand new collector's issue from Time Magazine, Paul McCartney at 80, covering his entire career, Beatles, Wings, solo career. And um, it's an entire conversation for about an hour and a half, all about Paul McCartney. And well, I consider him to be complex. Joe <laughs> was answering on Facebook that he doesn't think Paul is a complex person. Well, I said he has many things I would call him, but I don't know about complex. But that's just no. Me. We should do a show on that here. On there that. you go. But uh, <laughs> we, uh, the only one that says no. The the it's um, pretty basic. 
<laughs> I don't think so. I think he's very hard to figure out sometimes. He's great. He's everything. He's everything. He's a lot of things. Um, yeah, the complicated relationships he's had with John and with George. We kind of cover all that, and it's a very intense conversation that's on yep. my uh, on my YouTube channel. Also, I had a guy named John Tobacco on, and he's actually one of our viewers on this show. I know and he, yep. and he watches things we said today as well and listens to every little thing. And he is a musician, singer, producer, engineer, mixer, master, uh, uh, masterer, I guess, uh, for music uh, for all kinds of companies, DreamWorks, MMG, Rhino Records, um, he also does a show on WUSB, Stony Brook University show, uh, which is called Clam Radio, which is a freeform music show. And he wrote an article for classicrockhistory.com called 32 Underrated and Obscure Paul McCartney Songs. So we have a conversation on many of them. We don't get to all of them. And I have a link to his article as well. So that's a really interesting conversation. And then I had a uh, talk with Bob Berger who I mentioned before is one of the members of the Weaklings. He has a brand new CD coming out July 1st called The Domino Effect. And uh, we talk about the new album. We talk about the Weaklings and their music. And I did not realize this until he put this on his Facebook page, but he said that his favorite artist in the world next to the Beatles is Elvis Costello. Mm, so nice. I immediately thought, hey, Talk about Paul's work with Elvis Costello. So that's what that conversation's all about. The new album. Doesn't he? Doesn't he have an animated show as well? I don't think that's the same, Bob. <laughs> I know. Kind of throw me off there. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's all on my uh, YouTube channel, Ken Michaels Radio. Uh, let's see. My website, kenmichaelsradio.com, there's weekly Beatles trivia. And as I mentioned, this CD, for the next three weeks, if you enter the contest, you will win your choice of one of 10 prizes, plus as an additional prize, you'll get Bob's new CD. 11 brand new songs from Bob, from the Weaklings. Um, things we Good said question. today. Good oh, question. you read it? Yeah, we read it. I think I might answer it uh, or try to attempt to answer it after after the show. Okay, I think it's one of my easier ones. Mm -hmm. I think so. Uh, one final thing here. Um, I was on Megan Peace's show. She hosts a radio show called The History of Rock and Roll. Um, I was I recorded an interview today. Um, along with Dave Schwenson, who wrote the book, The Beatles in Cleveland, and Tim Hatfield, who has a new book out, uh, When We Find Ourselves in Times of Trouble. We were all interviewed separately. It's all on her new show, which is on her website called The History of Rock and Roll. Um, that's the radio show. The website is thehistoryofrockandroll.net. And that's what she covers, the history of rock from the 50s through the 70s on her show. So three Beatle people all put into one show there. Okay, if you want to get in touch with me directly, my email address is everylittlething at att.net. And I do believe that covers everything. Excellent. Okay. Cool. Excellent. And actually, I was on Megan's show too. I forgot to mention that about a week or two before you were. So, uh, so if you go to that page, you'll find me there as well. So a lot of, a lot of people you know uh, hmm. were in her show. She's great. 
Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so I'll have to listen to yours, Ken. I haven't heard yours yet. Um, all right. So thank you all for, for joining us for this jam-packed show. Uh, hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. We will see you uh, July 11th for our next show. So until then, uh, this is uh, for Tom, Ken, and Joe. This is Kit saying, why don't we drive in the rain right straight <laughs> through the eye of the hurricane? One, two, three, four, five. Idea. Yeah. <laughs> Good night, everybody. In the driving rain every day. <laughs> <laughs>